basically you were following these footprints that came out of that tunnel. The tunnel had been burrowed from the graves in the survey camp to the edge of the forest and came up and you followed these very obvious footprints. There were some human-ish looking footprints, but there were also some like clawed reptilian footprints. And I think you believed you were seeing footprints of a serpent person. I think you came to that conclusion, as well as maybe some humans or humanish looking things. Now we left the camp in search of the source of the plague that's ravaging Borneo. Yes, that is a, one of the objectives, but the other objective is to determine if there are inner, any inner night agents in the area because they assume that the inner night is what's actually causing this outbreak and therefore you would need to find them as well. And the place that all the clues are pointing to is is up through this weird dreamlands forest up to the somewhere up to the summit of the mountain. Shapiro is in the medical tents at the farm running the viral analyzer trying to determine whether this strain of the yellow death is in fact one that would would potentially be apocalyptic or whether it's one that will burn itself out quickly like previous forms of it have. So you were heading through the forest and it was becoming increasingly weird like the colors and the smells of the forest were were very strange and I can't remember who it was but someone made an insight that it was in fact these plants these the smells of the fruit the type of fruit the rich rotting smells and the colors were indicating it was a dreamlands forest and i'll give you an image now to uh, to look at just to give you a bit of vivid <laughs> sense of what you're seeing ah my friends this opium is quite potent and of course the drama happened as you were progressing through <laughs> through the forest and you were heard a noise and you saw this young boy that you had previously seen weeping in the farm sitting on his own he was rushing through the forest seemingly in a blinded by his sorrow and tears and suddenly these creatures jumped down at him and they initially looked like rats but then you realize that rats don't really have tentacles and uh, yeah we are right in the middle of the action so yeah so richard you'll be able to act first what do you want to do? There seems like two of these rather scabrous, weird-looking rat things are in the process of leaping down or about to leap down on this boy. There seem to be a bunch more in the trees kind of chittering away. Okay, I'm going to fire the rifle at one of the ones going towards the boy. Just make me a luck roll to see whether you had your rifle at the ready, Richard. Okay. In fact, you can all do that to see whether you had your weapons at the ready. My walking stick is always at the ready. <laughs> yeah, but it's only if it's a firearm, because it determines whether you'll get a bonus on your dexterity. So, Richard, yes, you passed. So you had your rifle at the ready, which means you can take a shot before this very agile creature gets to do anything. All right. Would you like me to re-roll, or should I save that first roll? No, no, no. We'll take, we'll take your first roll. So you rolled a 49, which is a regular success, and you got 12. So because it's a very small creature you will actually get a penalty die. So you need to roll another d10 and we take the highest. Another d10? Okay. Yeah, roll a d10. Okay, that's fine. So even with the penalty dice, your aim is so accurate that you just blast it out of the air and it makes this squeak as it's just completely obliterated as it's jumping out the tree. So, Logan, can you make a luck roll as well to see whether you had your weapon to hand? Well, I would have my sword to hand and we're walking through the jungle. 
okay, in that case, you won't be able to act before this other creature jumps on this poor boy. And I assume Thackeray, I mean, I, I'm sure you don't want to be <laughs> getting out the old Tommy gun at this point. So let's assume that you're My also... My walking stick. My walking stick is at the ready. Yeah, this thing is really fast and it jumps down on the boy and it's going to it's going to try and going to try and nip him. Maybe more of them are coming because obviously one of these things probably can't really do a lot of damage, but and in fact, the boy is agile enough to avoid this thing's bite and in fact, he's going to try and bat it out of the way. He cries out in surprise and and fear as this thing just jumps down on him. It's actually on top of his head right now and He's got a reasonable brawl. He's going to try and fight back. Oh my god, and he oh fumbles. No. <laughs> okay, so what happens is he, he swipes at this thing, misses completely, loses his footing, slips over, and he's now completely prone and vulnerable. And two more of them, seeing this, are about to leap down. But I will allow Logan and, and Thackeray to do something before they can do this. Logan, have you your sword? Yeah, Logan would definitely charge in with his sword. Put the child down clean. Give him a clean death. He deserves that. Logan will quickly look at the doctor and shake his head and then run towards the child. Okay. So these things are about to leap on him. What are you actually going to try and do? Are you going to try and swipe at them or shield him or what? Uh, I would shield him with my body if I could. Do not get too close. Okay. So when they leap, they'll be leaping at you instead. Now, Mr. Thackeray, what is your course of action? I will run up next to Mr. Selby and I will bat a few of the uh, rats away with my, my walking stick. Okay, so as they leap, you can both make uh, an attack on the two that are leaping down. Oh, that's good. Now, I wonder whether you get a penalty dice for a physical attack. Both of you need to roll another d10 and we take the highest. Ooh. Okay, well, you both hit. So, Thackeray, you only do three? That's very unfortunate. Perhaps I am still feeling the effects of the opium. <laughs> yes, maybe your blow was just very... Just a glancing blow, really. But, Logan, you can roll your sword damage. Bloody hell. Oh, that's literally max, almost maximum damage. You just neatly slice the creature in half. The sword blow, Thackeray, that you did, however, knocks the creature out even though it wasn't, uh, or your club blow rather, it just knocks it out. And then the, the one on the ground, seeing that you've killed three of its companions, it just scurries away into the undergrowth, and the ones in the trees make this annoyed chittering sound, and they disappear off into the foliage as well. Yeah, that's right. Get out of here. And the boy looks up, and he says, Oh, thank you, sirs. Thank you, sirs. Oh, these horrible creatures, they, they have been appearing recently. They're, they're awful, awful, nasty, stinking things. Look at them. Oh, covered in these pustules and nasty things coming off their noses. Have you seen these things before? Oh yes, we've been seeing them in, in the forest ever since these wonderful fruits have been growing here. I don't know, maybe they are attracted by the sweet smell, but now these fruits are dying and, oh, well, the disease has come. I think the gods have decided we are not worthy of life. Where are you running off to in such a hurry? I thought I could help. My name is Muda. My parents are gone taken by the death. I thought I maybe could find this evil spirit. By, your, by yourself? I am the only one that saw it. No one else believes me. How long ago did these fruits appear? They appeared three weeks ago, and then came the death. We had a, 
a short time of celebration. The gods had granted us this wonderful boon, these large, sweet and heavy fruits from the trees. But now they are all failing, they are all rotting on the branch. But I, I saw it. Is this why you come this way too? What did you see? Exactly. The snake that walked. I saw him, this spirit, this evil spirit. He poisoned our well in the village. Did you see him poison it? Yes. He went down into it, and then when he left, that is when the disease started. He was sent by the goddess of death to kill us, I am sure. Well, now we know, for sure. Now, Mr. Chesterton, I know your infatuation with snakes that walk, but I want you to keep yourself together. I'll try, but we have to stop this. I'm sorry, young Muda, but unfortunately, as you come from an infected community, I do not, for one, do not think it is wise for you to um, travel with uh, perhaps as yet unaffected people. Is that um, not the consensus? I think he's standing next to us now at this point, right? I keep him at, uh, at walking stick's length. The tip of my walking stick is at his chest. Abedin comes over and says, My friends, let me take this boy back. He does not know what he is doing. He is crazy. Now see here, Abedin, you're our guide. Oh, you would have me send him back on his own? Wait, wait. Muda, he was running this way. Muda, do you know where the snake man is? He says, I was walking in the jungle yesterday, and I glimpsed him again. He was heading this way, up towards the mountain. Can you show us? I did not know. I did not follow him. I just saw him go this way. I thought maybe I could run and find him and tell him to leave us alone. How many of these fruits have you eaten, child? Many. We, we all eat these fruits. They are the blessing from the mountain god. Abedin, have you eaten of these fruits? Abedin looks at you and he says, No, I, I did not even know there, there were these strange fruits here. Since there is some correlation between these fruits and the appearance of the snake that walks, whatever that may be, I think it would be wise if we let the child return to the village on his own, and the four of us return to our mission and get this done as quickly as possible. Okay, sir. But if anything happens to the boy, I hope your conscience will be troubled. Well, he's obviously been roaming these woods by himself before. I'm quite certain this child is uh, better suited at navigating these jungles than we are. I take offense at that, sir. Abedin knows these forests very well. Now, Muda, you go back. Stop troubling these gentlemen. And Muda turns around and says, Please, sirs, make the evil spirit go. And then he disappears off into the jungle. Well, I think we can all breathe a great sigh of relief. <sighs> Hopefully he did not infect us. Let us hope. So, Abedin says... Well, these tracks are very clear. Shall we carry on? Yeah, we should carry on. And I kind of look at Thackeray a little weird because after everything we've seen, Richard is very surprised that Thackeray is still in denial. But what can you do? There are many things in this world that cannot be explained, Mr. Chesterton. However, I'm quite certain that the experts at the museum can find perfectly reasonable explanation. I realized I was slightly wrong. One set of tracks wasn't human. It was hoof prints, not human. There were hoof prints, and then there were the kind of claw serpent person footprints as well. But anyway, so you carry on probably for another 20 minutes until you get to a, a bit of a clearing. And at this point, you can see that the prints actually diverge. The hoof prints head kind of circle round 
to the east and the single set of claw prints head more northwards, more in upwardly direction, up the mountainside. Well, we hunt the snake that walks, not the snake who rides a horse. So. Exactly, Doc. Let's go up the mountain. Yes. I do not wish to face that cavalry. Okay. And you progress for a little while longer. And then it's impossible to not hear it. Because something large is trampling through the undergrowth up ahead. And seems to be getting nearer. Something large with big, heavy feet is clumping through, breaking branches and bushes. Elephant! Run! Wait, aren't I, like, obsessed with these things? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think I am. Wait, don't you want to see one alive? I'm already, I'm already running. You're already running? Okay, you turn tail and start running. Is there a tree to stand behind? That will not save you, Mr. Selby! Yeah, there are some trees. So, Thackeray, you, you start running the opposite direction. What are you doing? So, you, uh, Selby is hiding behind a tree. Abdin also hides behind a tree. Get out of its path, you fools. It will knock down the trees and crush you. What are you doing, Richard? Richard kind of wants to see it. So he'll get behind a tree, but he's going to kind of be peeking to see this thing. Okay. So I'll assume you're like either side of the clearing. So maybe Logan, you're on one side, Richard, you're on the other. Thackeray, you're just hightailing it out of there. And then a few seconds later, the undergrowth shakes vigorously. And yeah, this creature comes charging out of the jungle. And then it stops. It hasn't seen any of you. And it roars out this terrible sound which comes out of the end of its trunk, which is just really weird. It's almost like a, a hooting, trumpeting sound. And you realize that those protrusions on the back are just almost like dinosaur spinal bones um, coming out of the side of its head as well. And its ears seem strangely human. <laughs> Not like elephant ears at all. And you realize that also that it's most of its upper body is covered in moss and it sniffs the air and it looks angry and then it raises its trunk up in the air again sniffs deeply and then turns its head slowly in the direction of Richard and starts clumping towards you it looks very angry oh it looks angry? yeah, why would it be going for Richard I wonder I told you not to eat any of that thing and Richard, you've got a few seconds to do something before this thing is just going to... It looks like it's getting ready just to charge the tree that you are hiding behind, even though it can't see you. It seems to have sniffed you out. Okay, I want to dodge. I want to run to the side. <laughs> You're going to run. Okay. So you start running, and then it catches a glimpse of you, and it is coming after you. So yeah, if you want to, you probably would be able to get a shot off at it as you're running, because obviously you're, you're ready. So you could take a shot first before you start running and dodging. Yeah, I will. And I'll think to myself, it seems a shame to shoot such a beautiful thing, but survival of the fittest. Yeah, it definitely wants a piece of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he knows. Perhaps you could bring it back as a trophy. Oh, yeah, for, for my girlfriend at the museum. Okay, so, yeah, it is very slow and lumbering, so it's going to take a while to get up to speed. But this thing is, it's actually not as big as an elephant. It's probably not much bigger than like a camel sized. It's like a squat elephant as it comes charging towards you. It's probably about camel sized. Maybe like a hippo? Probably taller, but yeah, bulk wise perhaps. Yeah, yes. All right, but this thing could certainly do some damage if it charges into you. So what do you want to do? You want to take a shot at it and then run? Yep, yes, that's what I want to do. I, I roll the success. 
your bullet thuds into it, seemingly it almost ignores the bullet and comes charging forward. But you, you have hit it, and it is there's blood blossoming out of the the wound on its front leg. And then I and then I run or do what I can, you know. Yeah, you, you're gonna start running. Oh boy, I'm not sure what to do here. Let's go. It's running after Richard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. I guess I'll pull out my rifle and uh, take a shot. Okay, go for it. Okay, that is a hit, and your bullet kind of plows into the back of it, and it roars in pain. You've clearly hit it twice very effectively, but it is going to get a chance now to charge down. So if it hits you, you're going to have to make a strength roll to avoid being knocked down, but let's see what it does. Yeah. But and seemingly crazed with the pain, from the bullets, it actually, um, you managed to easily get out of the way. Now, you kind of almost sidestep it. Do you want to kind of give it a whack on the way past <laughs> with the butt of your rifle or something? You, you could you could fight back, basically, or you could just keep running. I'll just run. <laughs> it's coming at me, I'll just run. Okay, so it smashes down the tree that you were hiding behind and it just goes flying across the, the clearing. It shakes its head almost as if to clear itself from a dizzy spell. Now, Thackeray, you I'm saying you're out of the combat because you were running away. Well, I mean, the idea was that I would uh, run, you know, so I could see, you know, where it is charging, how it is charging. Once I see that it's stopped and, you know, or I don't hear its footfalls anymore, I would uh, do a zigzag pattern or turn or veer to the side so that I'm out, clearly out of its path and then just wait. Okay, so you, you, you've the other side of the clearing, because it basically veered off and started chasing after. I'm going to make my way closer to Richard then. So Richard, it's your turn. All right. Oh boy, do I want to stop and face it? Ooh. How far behind it me is it? It's probably about 20 feet behind you at this point. Uh, oh, oh no. you're dead. <laughs> I'm going to keep running. I'll be like, oh, the back was right, the back was right. Oh no, the back was right. <laughs> Should have run. Given that you're running at top speed now, if you you can take another shot at it, but you will get a penalty dice this time. All right, I'm gonna do it anyway. Yep, the Lee Infield. Ah, uh, yeah, Ooh, that's, no. a, that's a fail. Yeah, the, in the panic, it goes wild. It's now deeper in the jungle. So Logan, if you want to take a shot at it, you will you will also have a penalty dice. Oh my goodness! <laughs> what? <laughs> That's insane. You rolled Take a that. critical. What a waste of three rolls. I mean, my God. Right between the eyes, Mr. Selby. I don't know what happens, but as it's turning, your bullet just meets it right in the side of its head. And with this monumental crashing sound, the thing just slumps dead to the ground. Well, I do have keen vision. Yeah. That still only counts as one. And somehow you all instinctively realize that this must have been the mate of the other elephant creature that had been earlier served to you as your lunch. The one that is on your breath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, but you have dispatched... Elephant thing, wow. An elephant thing. Yeah, Richard stops. Well, sorry, go ahead. If someone wants to try and figure out what this thing is, you can make Cthulhu Mythos check. Oh. No. Could I spend luck on a Cthulhu Mythos? You can. You can spend seven luck if you wish. Yes, let me do that. Yeah, so this poor creature is called a buopoth, or a buopoth, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And it is native, again, it's a native to the uh, dreamlands. 
you know, it actually looks quite intelligent. Initially, I was thinking to myself, I should try talking to it. Never talk to a boar. Yes, but you have dealt with it, and Abdin is, he walks over, and he says, My God, what is this thing? I mean, I saw the head, I thought it was a joke. The captain's mess tent. It would appear that we are no longer in Borneo, Mr. Abdin. Really? Do you know what this is, Doc? In my readings, I think I came across a similar creature known as a Boopoth. Don't ask me how this creature could have appeared here, as it seems to be a creature native only to what psychologists call the dreamlands. People in deep psychosis will often describe them. Well, unless we're all sharing the same psychosis, I think, yeah, we're not in Borneo. <laughs> and he's like, Richard is breathing pretty heavy, because he's like just been running full tilt. He looks at the dog, he's like, next time I think I'll listen to you. Hmm. And that's why I'll keep eating my own rations. Yeah. Well, would you like the trophy? No. I don't know if we should take anything. As much as I think the museum would appreciate it, I don't know if we should take anything from this forest. I think you're right. It's a liability to be carrying a uh, any part of a animal carcass through this jungle. It will only attract predators. We've made a lot of noise here. I think we should probably get going. Too right. In fact, can you all make a listen roll at this point? Ooh. Uh, remember to tick your skills when you pass mm -hmm. so while you're pondering whether you've made too much noise Logan, Hawk Ear I think we'll call you now you think you hear something not too far off a very different kind of crashing noise something big and lumbering and it appears to have just two legs from the sound it's making as it crushes through the trees. Tyrannosaurus, run! <laughs> no, it's a giant ape. Now, I'll let you all make a stealth roll. Wow. Okay, Logan, would you care to spend 13 luck? Nope. Nope? Nope. Logan, we all live or die by this roll. Yeah, I think it might be a giant ape, you know, like I said before. That's all right. I'll keep stumbling through the forest. That's fine. Okay, so the two of you managed to hide, but uh, Logan, you're caught slap bang in the middle as something just mind-shatteringly big crashes through the trees. It obviously heard your gunshots, and it's not a good sight. It is not a good sight. It must be all of 30 feet high with clawed, vicious hands and huge, almost tree-stump-like legs. Worst of all, its viciously toothed mouth runs vertically up the top of its head, which opens and closes in this vile way as it looks for its next meal. And that is what it looks like. Oh, Yes, and the first thing you're all going to have to do is make a sanity roll. Yep. Ooh. Wow. But I'm also going to roll for Abdin, because he ain't never seen anything like this before. Let's see, what's Abdin's sanity? This could be a problem. Sanity. Oh, he's actually pretty sane. Oh, but not that sane. Well, no. Okay. Oh, he's about to have a bout of madness. I'll just borrow someone's character sheet for this. Flee in panic. Now, this is probably the best result you could have possibly got. <laughs> so, he didn't manage to hide in time. And 
Logan, as you stand there and see this thing just stride into the clearing and open the top of its head and let out this horrendous roar, you realize that Abdin just lets out this wail of terror and just turns and he's running away from you in the opposite direction. This thing kind of shifts its gaze, it kind of bends its head down to train a red beady eye on you and then starts reaching down for you. What are you going to do, Logan? Do I have time to take a shot? I'll say because you weren't hiding, I'll let you go first this round for sure. This thing is huge. It's not that slow, but it's it's slower than you. And yeah, you had your rifle ready. I think I'm assuming you've always got your rifles ready going through this jungle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can definitely take a shot at it. Oh god! Oh no! Do you want to spend some luck on that? Yeah, I'll spend luck. Wow, you did 14 damage to it. But of course, this thing has thick, leathery hide, and you know it absorbs a lot of the blow, a lot of the impact from the bullet. Only seems to penetrate it very shallowly, and it roars again, more in irritation and pain. And then it just reaches down for you. Each of its arms extends into two forearms, and it's going to reach out and try and grab you and pound you. Goodness me. If I can, after my shot, I would have quickly dropped the rifle and drew my sword. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that seems uh, seems relatively sensible. So this thing's going to actually make two attacks at you. Boy. This may be a good moment for the rest of us to slip away. Okay, well, the good news is its first swipe of its bifurcated arm misses completely. Do you want to try and slash it as it swings past you? Absolutely. Okay. Wow, that's good. Unfortunately, it just kind of almost bounces off its tough hide. Your heavy sword isn't enough to, you know, the blow isn't enough to get through. Now it's going to try and attack you again. And again, it misses. You have been super lucky because this thing does a shit ton of damage. But yeah, maybe maybe it was just distracted by Abdin running and it's kind of glancing at Abdin's screaming form as he runs away into into the jungle. And it smashes down into the soil, into the damp soil next to you, sending up clods of dirt flying up. You do not want to be hit by one of these arms, you realize, as you dodge out of the way. Richard? Yeah, I'm hidden, but uh, Mr. Selby needs my help. Yeah, and and I'm I want to be heroic. So, and why why else do you get a flamethrower? Oh, what you're gonna use your flamethrower? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna use the flamethrower if I can. Now the good thing is because you are hidden, you will get an automatic hit. Let's see, you might set this thing on fire. That's always a good wheeze. So you haven't done a ton of damage to it because of its thick hide but it has caught on fire (laughs) and the flames start to sort of lick up it it doesn't seem to realize at first but it's horrible oily matted hair has caught on fire on its back and it's starting to ignite yeah so yeah you've done a good thing there for sure only you can prevent forest fires mr chesterton (laughs) or start them (laughs) okay so i had to get it off of mr selby maybe it'll be distracted. Perhaps he will bat at the flames with his four fists, including the one holding Mr. Selby. Thackeray. Yes, sir. Are you running? No, well, I had run already, and I was making my way back towards everyone, so seeing this creature, I made my stealth roll and hid once again. But seeing Mr. Chesterton uh, set the uh, creature on fire, 
I uh, get my Tommy gun at the ready and make a uh, make a valiant charge of it. Okay, now. Seeing as how large it is, I will uh, go for four volumes. It actually has eight points of armor. So the first eight points is just not counted. I mean, it's not bad. You've done 13 damage. Now the next set, you're just going to roll with regular. Wow. Do you want to spend seven luck? Make that into an extreme? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Okay. Mr. Selby, you owe me some luck. I think you do. Because basically, even with the armor, with that first volley, even without the last five that hit, you've done 51 damage to it. And you just cut the thing in half. Its head is just split open like a like a ripe watermelon, and the thing topples, sways a couple of times, and then falls backwards with this almighty crash. I put my lips to the barrel of my gun and give it a blow. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Oh my god, you just dealt with one of the toughest Dreamlands creatures as if it was nothing. Just a knife going through butter. <laughs> You just see Logan standing at the base of it, just hitting it at its leg with his sword. Heh! <laughs> and it was ineffectually. Thank you for finishing it off, Mr. Selby. Is it still on fire? Oh yeah, it's now just burning up as well. I forgot about that. Uh, that's so cinematic. Just this 30-foot-tall, on-fire, arachnid ape just landing with a thud after being riddled with bullets. Oh, it's the best. It is the best. Amazing. Yeah, it's a good thing it didn't hit you with with those fist blows, because they do 66 damage. Thank heavens I had this opium to steady my nerves. Yeah, okay, so you have dealt with this monstrous creature, and uh, Abdin, though, has just fled. He was running. Any chance we could try to catch up to him? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Would that be dexterity check? No, you can make a... It would be a... I think given that he was just charging through without trying to make any... Do any of you have track? I have 35 in it. Oh, wow. The people's rolls today are insane. Right. You easily find his tracks, and he was probably running for about five minutes as he ran away. So you can easily follow him. He's, he seems to sort of... He veered off to the right and then seemed to continue in an upwards direction for some reason. Maybe he was just oblivious of where he was running. Okay. And you follow his tracks... And then you hear his voice from up ahead, and he's saying, Help! Help! I'm stuck! I'm stuck! Please help me! Please! Abdin, I hear him, and I'll, I'll start running towards his voice. Okay. Come, Mr. Selby, bring your sword. And as you go forward, through the canopy, in the gloom ahead, a faint blue-green glow can be seen from mosses creeping up oddly-shaped trees, and from strange plants... It's a beautiful yet unnerving sight. And then the sound of the wildlife just disappears as you move forwards. All the animals that you heard before are stilled. The only sound you can hear is Abdin crying out again. I'm stuck! I'm stuck! Please, sirs, hurry up! Hurry up! And as you go forward into the clearing, you see a fairly bizarre sight. Abdin seems to be suspended in midair. And you realize what's happened is he's run into this giant spider's web and he's wriggling and struggling really hard to get out. And he's like, sir, sirs, please quickly get me out. This I've been stuck in this horrible web. It's Look, these, these are like ropes. What could have made this thing? And he's like wriggling around. And he's trying to pull himself out. Yeah, no, stop moving. Stop moving. 
Richard, he knows spider webs. Being a ranger, he knows spiders. And as he's doing this, you realize that you've told him to stop wriggling too late because there's a movement. Actually, there's movement from two sides. At first, it looks like it's a tree branch moving or a, the canopy of a tree swaying down. And then you realize it's not. These things are the biggest spiders you've ever seen. Their bodies are about the size of a, of a medium-sized car. And the legs are just hideous branch-like things. And they, they are stalking towards poor Abdin. Their mouth parts are wavering around as they sense a nice meal. And Abdin finally catches sight of them and then he lets out another scream. <laughs> a scream of terror. And I think, again, everyone's going to have to make sanity rolls for seeing these things. Oh boy. Oh, Sandy. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, no. Oh, no, Thackeray. I think finally your resilience has, has worn out, I'm afraid. Oh, no. No. Yeah. So how much sanity for seeing one of these things? Well, those of you that pass, you both lose one point of sanity. Okay. Professor Thackeray, on the other hand, you have to roll a d10. Ooh. Now, AP, if you want to, you can not make that potentially bout of madness by spending 10 luck. It's up to you. Do you want to avoid losing 5? Turn that into a 3? I've, um, I've smoked opium. I've entered the dreamlands. I think it is time that Professor Thackeray had his bout of madness. you still got to make an intelligence roll to see whether you have one. Obviously you want to... Oh, you are having a bout of madness. <laughs> is this your first one ever? It is. Yes. Goodness me. Well, here we go. Hit the real-time bout of madness button on your character sheet. Oh. Now who's going to be kissing a snake queen? Oh, yeah. Show off. Oh, no. I walk confidently from gorilla to the arachnids, brandishing my Thompson machine gun. John Wayne before John Wayne was Indian John Wayne. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've got to do something foolhardy. I think you want to get out as close as you can to make sure you don't miss. I think that's what you're doing. I try to get right below Abdin and then spin around in a circle, shooting all the spiders on all sides. Amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. A one-man turret gun. Now, you fired two volleys, so you've only got three left. Correct. Okay. And I'm expending all of them. But Richard, of course, has the highest deck. So, Richard, you can go first. I see the spiders, and I'm going to try to shoot one of them so they don't before they get to Abdin. Okay. I don't know what the doc is doing. How high off the ground is Abdin? He's about 10 feet off the ground. Okay, perfect. Okay, so, yes. Ooh, do you want to spend two? You can make that into impale. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Sounds about right. So uh, you've done 23 damage. Get away from him, you foul beast. Oh yeah, they have thick chitinous exoskeletons, these creatures. But your bullet just slams into it and this yellowy greenish fluid comes out of it. It's leaking massive amounts of fluid out of its thorax, but it's still moving forward towards Abdin. Okay. AP, given that you strode forward, I will let you go next. Yes, stride forward confidently till I am directly below Abdin. And then I aim my Thompson gun up at the first spider and I expend one volley into that spider. The next volley, I shoot 
in an arc around Abdin's body to shoot through all the strands of spiderweb, thereby freeing him, and then my third volley will be in the second spider coming from the other side. Amazing. This could go horribly wrong, of course, but amazing. All right, so so hit the first one. Okay, that's a regular success. That's okay. So you need to roll four lots of 2d6 plus two. They got six points of armor, these creatures. So you've done four, five, six, seven. You've done seven damage. You riddle it with bullets and it shakes and shudders, um, looking almost at the verge of death. It looks very shaky now as it makes one final desperate attempt to get get its meal into its mouth. The second volley is at just in an arc around the spiders, the spider strands. You got an extreme. You actually get a penalty dice on your second volley. You remember, so you need to roll a d10. Okay, well it's still a hard success. So fortunately for you, <laughs> in your insane pomp and glory, you have not sh- shot Abdin. These are rope-like spider strands. Can you imagine trying to hit a rope with a Tommy gun? <laughs> if anybody could do it, it's me. I'll tell you what, though. You can make a luck roll. If you get an extreme success on your luck, I'll allow you to have released him. No. It looked good, though. It looked really, really good. Now, for your third volley, you can move over to the... You're moving over to the other one. So this one will have two penalty dice. Okay. It's a success anyway. So roll uh, four lots of 2d6 plus two. Okay. Wow, you got some really terrible rolls there. But it's not bad. You've done a total of nine damage to the other one. As more of your bullets go plunging into it. Now, Logan, did you have your weapon at the ready? Well, I grabbed it off the ground and went after these guys when we went looking for Abdid, so... Okay, so you're going to take a shot at one of these monstrous spiders? I would like to do so, yes. Okay. Well, that is a good shot, sir. Again, do you want to spend some luck and make that into an extreme? I will do so. Okay, so that does a total of 21 points of damage. You have severely wounded the other one. They both are looking in really terrible shape. However, they are going to try and... They're going to try and escape? Good luck. (laughs) One of them's going to try and grab Abdin out of the web. And he's going to have a bonus dice because they are entangled oh but that's a hit because with the bonus dice abdin can do nothing because he is he's still caught in this web and blimey this is not going to be good for abdin so first the bite itself does a d3 the bite does two damage but there's also the crushing from the mandibles which is 3d6 so he's taken 12 damage so far, and you can see him scream in agony as those vicious fangs inject poison into him. He has to make an extreme constitution roll. I think poor Abdin is not long for this world. Extreme constitution roll. No. And he takes a further 4d10 damage. And you see him turn this horrendous purple color as the venom just floods through his bloodstream, pumped around his system, and he dies in torment and agony. The other one jumps down on you, AP. Through the web? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. it kind of slides down and bites you. It tries to bite you, but fails. So, 
you want to try and fight back against it with your cane? Of course I do. Certainly for six rounds. I drop my Thompson gun in the dirt. I pick up my walking stick. I say this is for Abdin. Wow. Okay. That was better. That was a lot better. So that does six damage. Yeah, you tell me how you dispatch this vile creature. Uh, so I uh, reach up and I grab the back of Abdin's shirt that is right, right above me. And I lift myself up in a one-armed pull-up. And then I take my cane in the other hand and I bash the spider over the top of the head. It sinks in and green icor spurts in all directions. You cave the top of its chitinous head in. Its legs kind of spasm, almost knocking you off, off the web itself. And then it falls dead to the ground. Now, there's one left. It seems to be getting ready to eject some webbing from its thorax. Richard, you can take your shot. Yeah, shoot it before it does that. Yes, yes. Yeah, not quite enough to kill it. Logan, your action. Uh, I took a shot. Oh, okay. You just blast it out of the web, and its huge, hideous bulk just smashes to the jungle floor below and you feel that you are just facing monstrosity upon monstrosity as you head deeper and deeper into this dreamlands forest and poor Abdin, his body is now completely purple and swollen and bloated. Still holding myself up by one hand, I pull out a knife and I begin cutting the strands of webbing to uh, pull Abdin down to the ground. Yes, you do so. Yeah, I would help with my machete. Yeah, so poor Abdin, he's dead. And in my hubris, I'm going to attempt first aid. Yeah. Breathe, damn you! Breathe! And while they're doing that, Logan will start digging a hole. Oh dear. Well... I'm gonna get really... Richard's gonna be... I couldn't track him faster. We came as fast as we could. There was a giant ape, and I had to help Mr. Selby. I had to. I'm mad at myself. Only one man could have saved him. You? I failed. No, we both failed. We all failed. We all failed, Abdin. Poor Abdin. Do not worry yourself too much, Mr. Chesterton. It was mostly me. So, by the time you bury him, I'll say it's about 5pm now. As you know, in these climes, from living in, in similar latitude, AP, uh, night sets in quickly when you're at this kind of latitude. Uh, you don't get long, long dusks, so you probably only have another hour of daylight Perhaps we should think about making camp. We don't have time for camp. We're on a clock here. Yeah, we got a thing that's going to blow up and turn this place into... Uh... Oblivion. Well, nothing. Logan will uh, reload his rifle and uh, head back the direction that we're going. Okay, so you, you double back and head head up through, through the forest, you know, avoiding the webbing. I mean, you've been continually going uphill, and after a short while, the forest starts to thin. And then up ahead... There's a clearing up ahead, and you see some cliffs. In the clearing, you've reached a sheer cliff face. We see a, a sheer cliff face rising above us? Yeah, right in front of you. Hmm. And you notice that in the gloom of the impending sunset, you can also see some dark forms clinging to the upper reaches of the cliffs. From where you're standing, it's difficult to make out what the dark forms might be. However... As you look further up, you see something odd, seemingly carved straight into the cliff face, 
is a large, perfectly hexagonal opening. How far up? Probably about 100 feet. Mm. Lee and Fields have scopes. We have binoculars, though. I mean, I know it's dark, but can we still try to take a look at the... Actually, with Logan's insane vision... Oh, yeah. Can I do a spot hidden roll? Absolutely. So is that three rolls, then? I think so, isn't it? How, how does it work? You have... So you've got insane vision and keen vision, so you get three... Yeah, so hit the purple. Yeah. <gasps> the luck has run out. No, 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 because he gets two bonus dice. So it is a success, amazingly. Oh, oh my goodness. Just about. As Logan's staring up the mountain, he, uh, his vision is just kind of going uh, in and out. You know, all the shadows seem to blur together, I think. And then finally he focuses in on whatever's up there. And yeah, because of your insane vision, the dusk, the darkness, everything kind of hoves into view. As you almost see the heat signature. And what you see is not comforting. Because you see that these dark shapes are gigantic nests. And crouching in the nests are small packs of night gaunts. Those foul flying creatures that attacked your aeroplane on the way in. But they just seem to be sitting there. They, they clearly haven't seen you at this point. But they've got a very good view of the cliff face and of that opening. I'm sorry, are they sitting above the opening where we might be able to stealth up the cliff face and crawl in without them seeing us? They're above it. Right. So if you were really careful, you're coming up underneath them. So as long as you weren't making too much noise. Logan, you, you seem to think that their nests are obscuring the view directly downwards. So if you were careful, maybe you'd be able to get in without alerting them. Well, gentlemen, how do you feel about your climbing skills this evening? Mine is atrocious. Mine is pretty good. I could try to get up there quietly and uh, stay here if we lowered a rope or something, wouldn't they? It's a hundred feet. We'd have to tie two ropes together. Well, I'd say it's worth a try. You want me to climb up there and try to lower down a couple of lengths of rope? These nests, are they all along this uh, cliff face, or could we climb up a place where they aren't then possibly return when they're out hunting? They are dotted about the whole cliff face. And there's no guarantee that I won't run into something in that cave when I get up there. The other thing you notice, actually, now that you're kind of looking around trying to get the lay of the land, is that at both ends of the clearing, to the left and the right, right up against the cliff face, there are two huge holes going down into the ground. Massive. Probably 40, 50 feet across. Well... What's more likely to have a uh, snake that walks? A hole in the ground or a hole in a cliff? Probably the ground. Yeah, snake's burrow, right? So I've been told. Well, let's at least look at these. Uh, how far away are the holes, Andy? They're probably a couple of hundred feet to the left and a couple of hundred feet to the right. The cliff is very jagged and full of handholds. You would not need to make a climb roll. You could actually pretty easily scale this cliff. And what's really interesting looking at it, is that all the other rocks that you've seen and rocky outcroppings and escarpments have all been covered in ivies and mosses and jungle plants. The cliff here in front of you is completely clean, jagged rock. There's no signs of any growths on it or even much dirt or soil or any kind of erosion. It's really, this is why it's so easy to climb, is that it's, it's very rough and jagged. So with plenty of handholds 
very odd looking. None of you have ever seen a cliff face that looks like this. It's almost as if it's been literally just carved out of the rock in, within the last week. It's very odd. And that is impossible. At least that's what Richard's thinking. After what we've seen today, anything's possible. True. So, yeah, you've got these two big holes in the ground right up butting up against the cliff. You've got a relatively easy climb up, but, of course, you don't want to risk uh, alerting these night gaunts. It will be dark in about 30 minutes. Shall we start at the bottom and work our way up, then? Well, let's wait till the cover of night. Perhaps have a smoke. I could certainly use something to eat. That's not, what do you call it, Doc? A buo pot? Uh, a buo pot. <laughs> buo pot. Okay, so you kind of duck back into the tree line and, and wait there until it's dark. Maybe you eat some rations, mm-hmm. a sip of water as you collect yourselves. So do you want to climb up or do you want to inspect these giant holes in the ground? Are the holes uh, the same diameter as the holes we encountered back at the camp? Oh, no, no. These are massive. 30, 40 feet across. Perfect home for a elephant thing. <laughs> Not quite sure you're... Knowledge of zoology is uh, is successful there. <laughs> Burrowing elephants. <laughs> if we find burrowing elephants, you know, it'll just be one more thing. Yeah. I think we should at least take a look at the holes. What do you guys think? I agree. Gentlemen, think. Well, I would hate for whatever creature burrowed into that hole and made that hole to come uh, slithering out and devour us. This is the land of giant animals or so it seems oh i would hate for a a giant earthworm to uh come barreling down that tunnel so we climb then i would climb okay so you head towards the cliff face and you and you start climbing and look the opening in the cliff is hexagonal you know what that means bees and where there's bees there's honey and stingers also stingers have I told you about my famous sweet tooth? Wonderful. All right, so are any of you not good at stealth? I only have 20. Yeah, because you will all need to make that stealth. Anyone that's climbing up has to make a stealth roll. So uh, given that it's dark, I will give you a bonus dice. I'll be kind. Well, how about we go up one at a time? Oh. So, no, one at a time, where Mr. Chesterton goes up first. Then I will follow. Well, given that Logan already rolled... His stealth, I think. Oh, but he just has to spend one luck, I just realized. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he rolled a 21. Okay, so Logan goes up first. He's already gone. He doesn't even wait for you to, to plan this. You guys this. take too long to make a decision. Let's rock, paper, scissor to see who goes up. Wait, where's Mr. Selby? I'll go next, Doc. He's waving down at him. Okay, Richard is fine as well. And now can... Oh, AP, yes, indeed. So you are all... It's a very nervous and heart-stopping climb up because every few feet you hear this flutter of giant bat-like wings above you and the sounds of rustling as these night gaunts reposition themselves in their nests, maybe looking for a more comfortable spot. And you hear the occasional scrape of twig and branches. They stretch their wings out, almost getting ready to fly, maybe to try and find, find their next meal. Although, given that they don't have mouths, I have no idea how they eat. Diffusion. Osmosis. Yes, yeah. And you pull yourselves up and you enter 
this strange hexagonal tunnel. So the corridor is about 10 feet high. You all step into it and away from the, the initial, any imminent danger from these night ones. When I made my Cthulhu Mythos check before, was something supposed to happen with my skill or does that go up a tick or? No, Cthulhu Mythos doesn't. However, because you had a bout of madness, your, it was your first one, yes? Yeah. You will develop your insane talent at this point. So um, when you roll a d20, and it probably comes on slowly, so 17. Oh, well, <laughs> this would have been useful like a minute earlier. Insane stealth. So you now get a bonus dice on your stealth roll at all times. Oh, nice. You move with cat-like grace, and you might even attempt to hide in plain sight. However, if the roll is failed, you accidentally break something or cause a great deal of commotion. Oh, boy. So, yeah. But given that you've got 75 in it with a bonus dice, you're in pretty good shape. Okay, so you head inwards. I'm very light on my feet, like a young Jackie Gleason. This incredible hexagonal corridor is like nothing you've ever seen before. It's got white walls and white floor. They're featureless, but they somehow they seem to be glowing faintly. You've never seen anything like it. They seem to be made out of stone, but how can stone emit light? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And as you go forward, it opens out into a room the like of which none of you have ever seen before. It would be awe-inspiring if it wasn't simultaneously terrifying. The thought of what science, what mad science could have created a room like this. It's a large hexagonal room. It's about 20 feet in height. Standing in the center of the room is a six-sided step pyramid of polished metal. Circling through the air above the pyramid are two hexagonal frames. They're just floating as if suspended by some magnetism or some other force that you cannot understand. There are two other exits. There's one heading north into a tunnel, and the other one seems to go into an, another room beyond. Very, very strange. Can I see any uh, designs or writings or any inscription or anything? Not on the hexagonal pyramid or the hexagonal frames that float above it, but they seem to have this kind of electrical charge almost faintly playing between the edges of the frame. If you imagine they're like big hoops, but hexagonal shape just floating in the air, you've no idea. If you recall the last time we encountered a pyramid, mm. as soon as we stepped on the pyramid, magical energy zapped us and created the uh, skin disease we have. That was a laser beam or something. Perhaps we can skirt around the base of the pyramid. Yes. Uh, and go to the other room? Perhaps. We could shoot them. How big are they? The frames, they're probably about 12 feet high, 12 feet across. They're, they're made from thick metal. I doubt your bullet would have much impact. Are they moving around the pyramid or they're just floating? No, they're just floating. So try to skirt around this pyramid to the room, right? The room is to our right, is that correct? Or to our left? You've come in from the cliff face here. Oh, that's the cliff face. The room is to your right, and to the north there is a passageway. And actually, given that you're in the room now, you can see that the passageway just ends in a rough rock face. It seems to be just fused with the rock, which is kind of strange. It's like the corridor was just cut off somehow. Do you want to look in the other room? Yes. Okay. So you poke your head in the other room, and 
it appears to be some kind of control room. It's another hexagonal room. And when you look inside it, there are these what look like movie screens. Of course, you've no idea what a monitor is. <laughs> movie screens on five sides of the hexagon. This is quite a picture show. <laughs> it is indeed. And the large display just wraps around those five walls. Various serpentine sigils and glyphs can be seen on and around the control panels. These look like they're in Nakal, of course. Can I attempt a language roll? Yeah, you can attempt a Nakal language roll. Nah. <laughs> Unless you want to push the roll, I wouldn't recommend it. I'm feeling lucky. Are you? I am indeed. Okay. Oh no. No. Okay. So while you're looking at it, you kind of stumble forward. I don't know, your hand slips as you're getting a bit close, and you accidentally press some of the buttons. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I... Be careful, Doc. What are you doing? I stumbled. What's that beeping? I don't think we should have touched anything. And you hear a whirring and a beeping sound coming from the control panel you were looking at, and the screens around you start to flicker into life. And you also hear a whirring coming from the room that you just left as well. Like this sort of buzzing, whirring sound. Something tells me this is no Al Jolson movie. Logan's still in the room with the pyramid. Is, I'm assuming, maybe the uh, frames are doing something? Yeah, so you can hear this whirring, vibrating noise coming from the pyramid in the center. The hexagonal metallic pyramid. It seems to also be starting to emanate some warmth as if some machinery inside it was firing up guys what are you doing in there oh the doc touched something he touched something you guys always tell me not to touch stuff something's happening we should probably get out of here doc if something's happening let me press a few more buttons and see what happens as you're doing this logan you're kind of wondering what the hell your friends are doing in there but uh, you hear a voice coming from behind you from the tunnel leading into this place. From the cliff face. Who? And the voice says, Thank God I found you, Logan. And you turn round and you see it's Shapiro. And he says, Bad news, I'm afraid. I've completed the viral analysis. I followed you here. I had to tell you. There's no hope. No hope for anyone inside that quarantine zone. They're all goners. They're all goners. I tried to tell you that. And uh, I think that is where we will have to end the session. <laughs> ah.